1: Two of the sport's most respected fighters stepped back into their octagon this weekend to complete for the welterweight title. DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of the UFC, is giving you a shot at huge cash prizes for this weekend's fight. DraftKings is offering new players a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. If you hadn't tried it yet. Fantasy MMA is easy to play. Just pick six fighters, stay under the salary cap, pile up points for advances, takedowns, and more. There's no better way to put your MMA knowledge to the test than to compete for shots at millions of dollars in total prizes. Plus, don't forget about basketball and hockey, where DraftKings has even more money up for grabs this weekend. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the DraftKings app now and use the promo code THPN to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes through the week. That's promo code THPN to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 7 of the Rigrats podcast, a Edmonton Oilers podcast brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network and we have a solo episode for you today I guess at the time you're listening to this episode it is going to be just me on this episode so this probably is going to be a bit of a shorter episode just in general considering it's me by myself and I only have one game to talk about on this episode however I do have a lot to say about that one game as I'm sure that a lot of people have some mixed feelings about this game I know as the game was going down Twitter was just an absolute dumpster fire per usual during this game and of course the game I'm talking about is the first battle of Alberta Edmonton versus Calgary here uh, this last week before this episode came out. And going into this game, me and Kyle last episode had given our predictions for what we expected. Um, We expected a exciting game. We know uh, what happened in all of the battles of Alberta last year. So we expected a strong game from both Edmonton and Calgary. Uh, Me and Kyle both had given our predictions. I had predicted a 5-2 win with two of our goals coming from defensemen whereas Kyle had predicted a 3-2 overtime win with all three of the goals coming from Connor McDavid. And we went into this one feeling relatively confident. I had had a pretty good day, and I'm just one of those superstitious people to where if I'm having a good day, then obviously the Edmonton Oilers are going to play well again later that day, because I obviously how well my day goes affects how well the Oilers go. And of course, just like that, 50 seconds into the game, 56 seconds to be exact, the Calgary Flames score on their first shot of the game to go up 1-0, and we should have known right away, when that first shot goes in on Koskinen, um, what to expect from at least Koskinen in this game. And so that is the first talking point. The Oilers lose the Battle of Alberta 6-4, and there was definitely some... Defensive mistakes, and I'm going to get to the defense in a second. But the first thing I want to tackle here on this episode is the Miko Koskinen conundrum because Miko Koskinen had a bad game. Okay, we all need to just recognize the fact Miko Koskinen played really bad. Goalies are going to have bad games, it doesn't mean and it doesn't take the sting out of this loss anymore. Goalies are going to have bad games. I think this is a bad game for Koskinen. And people were ready to tar and feather this guy, it seemed. I'd like to remind everyone, Koskinen played the first 10 games of the season straight for us and did a pretty decent job, especially when we were having such a difficulty defending in our own zone and getting out of our own zone. Like He had a lot of work to do in those first 10 games to give us a fighting chance each night. And so I wouldn't say Koskinen has been outstanding or great, but he's been good. He's been serviceable for what it is and for the situation we're in. Now, we can moan and complain that Ken Holland didn't do enough in the offseason to, you know, attack our, our our goaltending problem. You know, he tried to get Jacob Jacob Markstrom. It didn't work. He brought in Mike Smith. Smith has been hurt. It's been kind of a crazy thing. You look around the league, there's lots of other teams that have just as iffy goaltender situations right now. Uh, around the league as the Oilers so while Koskinen had a bad game um, the defense didn't help him however the glove side shots go in so often and I know that's the book on Koskinen everyone goes into this one he's got a weak glove hand he's got a weak glove hand so they, they they really target that it's just he seems to get beat over it a lot the Johnny Gaudreau shot is an amazing shot our defense shouldn't let him get away like that you'd need a save the Dylan Dubey shot on the power play needs to be saved. That goes right through Koskinen. It's just, this is a 6 4 game. Like our offense picked us up a little bit. We scored four goals. Just eventually, you need a save, right? Eventually, you'd like a save, and we didn't get one. He wasn't good enough. He definitely, definitely needs rest. We need to get him rest. We've reactivated you know, Mike Smith off of long-term injury reserve, so he should be getting back into it, and that is huge. I think Koskinen is a good goaltender, but if you play him too much too frequently, he is not going to be as good. He's not going to be as sharp, and we're going to get games like this. So that is the first thing I wanted to say about this game. There were some really strong points in this game as well. Poliarvi scored. You know, We battled back. We had a really, really good first period and i just kept getting more and more frustrated as the game went along because like i said we had a good first period we outshot the flames 17 to 3 in the first period but we only left up one nothing markstrom had a good game i would have liked to leave that first period up by two that would have been awesome. Then we knew the Flames were going to come back after a strong first period by the Oilers. The Flames were going to come back in a strong second period, and the Flames outshoot us 16-5 to in that one, and we leave the second period down by one all of a sudden. So now we're playing comeback. Pugliarvi would eventually score to make it 3-3, and then eventually they would run away with it. Um, we only went one for five on the power play. That would like to be better. Again, we seem to be just passing it around a little too bit. little bit too much and it's costing us on the power play there were a lot of giveaways just bad giveaways where we thought people were going to be and then we gave it right to the flames and they were having easy clears down the ice as well the other big thing I noticed in the game that really cost us um, and I'm not going to blame the entire game on one person this is a team sport Koskinen was bad which wasn't good Chris Russell was also bad There were two or three times he was chasing people behind the nets. He lost his man. He let Milan Lucic score because he just completely lost Milan Lucic as um, he went in front of the net and the pass came from behind the net. He's been paired with Bouchard, and so like on that play I was just talking about where Lucic scored, Bouchard went around the wrong way to also challenge the guy from behind the net and left the front of the net as well. But man, there's just so many times Chris Russell looked just out of place, especially the biggest one. The biggest one was their goal to go up by two, to make it 6-4. He was just nowhere to be seen. Like, he just doesn't know where his men are. Koskinen didn't pick up the guy either. It was just such a bad, bad, bad showing from Chris Russell. And it's one of those things where it's like we have decent defensemen now. Even with Clefbaum Hurt, like, Caleb Jones was scratched in this one. I confidently can say that I think Caleb Jones is going to give us what Chris Russell gives if not more yeah he might not block as many shots but I guarantee you we're probably going to be on the offensive side of things more with Caleb Jones on the ice than Chris Russell so we don't need Caleb Jones to block as many shots that being said once again the zebras in this game were terrible the stripes and officiating was horrible Connor McDavid drives the net and gets taken out almost identical to the play that he injured his knee at the end of two seasons ago and almost missed an entire season because of that injury, and they call a goaltender interference penalty on him. You know, there was just, like, a lot of little calls. The refs were just calling that I did not understand where they were, where they were getting the calls from. And I get refing is hard, but, man, Connor McDavid draws so many penalties. Again, we only went 1 for 5 on the power play, so it's not like we might have changed it around. There were just there were a lot of times in this one the refs were making soft calls. That the makeup call philosophy is just horrible as well, and the Oilers lose a really disappointing 6-4 first Battle of Alberta. And it's been interesting because the schedule so far has been back-to-backs. It seems that Every game so far we've gone in, we've played the same team twice in a row. This is the first time I think this season where we've played Calgary and we're not playing Calgary next. So the schedule makers like to tease us a little bit with that with this first game by itself and then the Oilers turn around for two completely different opponents in their next games instead of Calgary. I would have liked to maybe turn around and be able to play Calgary right off the bat again. Um, The Oilers seem to definitely have better bounce-back opportunities. Tippett gets in there, he yells a little bit, McDavid does his angry eyes, and the boys have a better outing. Um, Unfortunately, we're not, so we're going to just have to take this loss, button it up, and move on to the next one, and remember how this loss felt for the next Battle of Alberta. This Battle of Alberta also wasn't as chippy as I expected. There definitely was some rough, rough stuff, but there's times where like we're down in the third period. Cassian was non-existent. Like you really really want to get your team going and give a spark. Cassian, get on the ice and crush a flame. That's a That's a one way to get the, the bench you know, ignited and with some energy. And there were just I wasn't seeing it. We, we didn't have a lot of energy. There wasn't a lot of pushback in the in the second period at all and in the third period, the only real pushback was late in the third period when we were already down by two. We made a good push. It was nice to see Bouchard out there in the last minute unloading Bouchard bombs. That's got me really excited. These last couple games of Bouchard has got me really excited. I think he's looked poised. Um, He's definitely got a lot of learning to do, but you can see that there is a player there, and then offensively on the offensive side of the puck, He just has an absolute cannon. His passes is unbelievable. He gets the puck up the ice quickly. Um, That little backhand pass just really subtly to get us out of the zone and into the wingers with speed out of the zone that he does all the time just effortlessly is so awesome. So Bouchard has got me really excited. We've got some exciting pieces on the defense coming, but man, Chris Russell is not it. And I've been saying for a long time, Fire Chris Russell into the sun because I would not have Chris Russell anywhere near the ice unless there is an injury and you have to have him go into the games and that is my thoughts here on the Battle of Alberta for the beginning of the season Um, I'm curious to see what you guys thought about the first Battle of Alberta I put a poll out on Twitter when there was about 10 minutes left because it was a late game and I was trying to see if you guys thought I should stay up and finish the game I did stay up and finish the game the Oilers weren't able to complete the comeback but I'm curious to see how what you guys thought about it so be sure to leave a comment on this episode telling me what you thought about the Of Alberta, or tweet at me on Twitter at the rig underscore rats to let me know what you thought about this battle of Alberta. And now I'm going to take a quick break and then we will get back to the upcoming games for next episode and some
0: predictions for them. Uh, you know what? I'm just so I... heated because of what, what you're telling me because I, I do not want to live. In a world <laughs> in a world where a craft dinner is the fucking substitute to a good macaroni. You're putting powder. No no no. Mac good macaroni, as you call it, is a substitute for candy god. <laughs> Oh my god, go to Go to Italy. If and you crack ask open some fucking dinner. If you ask any Canadian would they rather have KD. They will tell you KD is the best, it is superior, it is a fucking national treasure, and it is the greatest dish in Canada. I'm Mason Dixon, a Havs fan stuck in Leafs Country, with my co host Corey, a southern beauty trapped deep in the bayous of Louisiana. With over 2,500 kilometers of separation, we've still managed to come together to give you Habs Nightly, your hub for Habs content. While I don't know what a kilometer is, I do know Habs hockey. Don't let the 10-year age gap or distance fool you. We bleed blue blanc every rules, and we're known to serve up hot takes along with our unique charm. Join us every Monday and Thursday for Hockey Talk, Ref Rage, and your daily dose of Southern ignorance. only on the Hockey Podcast Network. K is the superior macaroni and cheese. Get the fuck out of here. You put um, ketchup on your fucking macaroni, you nasty kid? Yes, I fucking do. This has been Habs Nightly. You guys had a great night.
1: And we are back. Again, you guys should be sure to check out all of the other awesome content that we put out here at the Hockey Podcast Network. This week, uh, as you guys just heard, we are talking about the Habs Nightly Podcast. So if you guys can stomach some Montreal Canadiens content, I highly suggest you guys go and check it out. Obviously, that is Bayou Bender's uh, show himself. We had him on earlier in the season. So if you liked him from, I believe, episode 3 then be sure to check out his show on the Hockey Podcast Network, the Habs Nightly. Now, talking about a, another team here in eastern Canada that the Edmonton Oilers are going to be taking on here coming Monday and Tuesday, the Ottawa Senators. The Edmonton Oilers have played them twice now. They are 2-0 and versus them so far on the season series. Obviously, the Oilers had that crazy barn burner of a game versus the Senators where they won 8-5. to Stuart Skinner getting his first NHL career win in that game, whereas Connor McDavid had a five-point night, Leanne Draisaitl with a six-point night. And then we followed it up with a much more defensively sound game, a much more complete game where the Oilers beat the Senators four to one. That was to bring us on our three-game win streak before we had it snapped here versus the Calgary Flames. So these are two big bounce back games for the Edmonton Oilers. If they are able to win the game tomorrow, or I guess Monday when you are listening to this episode, they will return to 500 if they can win at seven and seven. And then if they can turn around and win both games and the second half of a back to back on Tuesday, they could for the first time this season go above 500, which is huge. Now the Ottawa Senators are sitting at an abysmal two nine and one coming into Monday night's game Um, obviously we should expect again another desperate hungry team Um, you can't take any nights off versus the Senators they have the talent to score goals they just maybe don't have the talent or the structure or maybe the maturity to play team defense and play a strong team game versus some of the more established teams and the superstars that the Oilers have in Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl. So hopefully the Oilers are able to run amuck a little bit more, pick up some really needed points here, and then we can go on and play some tougher opponents. You cannot drop points versus the Senators, so all of the games here tonight are huge, 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 And if the Oilers are able to pick up points, like I said, and get to that 500 or potentially even above 500 here before we play the Maple Leafs or the claims again, that would be huge. It's going to help us a ton here in the North Division race for the playoffs as well. Now, without Kyle here, I'm not going to give, you know, any predictions for any scores or points like that. I am currently in the league in our prediction challenge, so I'm not going to do anything for points here, but just to give you guys an idea and, you know, so I can pat myself on the back or look really really stupid, I'm going to say the Oilers are going to win the first game in a bit of a tighter game. It's going to be a 4 to 3 OT win for the Edmonton Oilers. I'm not going to do any caveats or special prop bets for this one because, again, there's no points up for grabs here. This is just so I can look like a genius when I obviously predict the scores right. So I'm going to go with a 4-3 win. I'm going to say this is actually going to be a comeback victory. Um, I don't know. I just got I got a feeling that the Senators are going to come out maybe stronger, maybe get a few bias early, and then we're going to have to rally and win it in overtime. Then I am going to say because you guys are going to get really, really annoyed with me here over the course of the season. But I very rarely ever predict the Oilers to lose, and I'm not doing it here yet. I'm going to predict in the second game on the second half of a back to back the Oilers yet again put in another more conservative, more complete defensive game on the second half of a back-to-back and they're going to win that one in a score of 3 to 1. And now moving on to our last little bit of the episode. See, I told this I told you that, guys this episode was going to be a little bit of a shorter episode considering it's just me and looking at the NHL news from around from around the league. I've only got one talking point. Um, for news around the league and Alexander Ovechkin becomes the seventh all-time goal scorer on the list passing Mike Gartner with his goal here on Friday um, that was huge Alex Ovechkin is just continuing to put him in I actually believe if I look at the box score here yep he did score another goal at the time I'm recording this so now he is even higher up on Mike Gartner Gartner starting to build more of a lead he is now on the hunt for sixth all-time as he continues to climb that all-time greats ladder which is just crazy crazy to think about it we talked about it a little bit in some of our earlier episodes me and Kyle did and you know the fact that Ovechkin even mathematically has a chance to become the greatest goal scorer of all time is just crazy I still think he's he is one of the best goal scorers of all time. And congratulations to him on becoming now officially the seventh best goal scorer of all time for now because he is still moving on that list and he's still burying beauties. He had an unbelievable goal here in the game today where he scored as well, where he went between the legs. Alexander Ovechkin is still a superstar in this league, so he is now seventh all time. He is going to be in the history books for a long, long time. So congratulations to Alexander Ovechkin. And I'm going to keep this one short and sweet. I'm going to give my play of the episode also to Ovechkin while I'm talking about him. Again, that play between the legs. You guys haven't watched it against the Philadelphia Flyers is just disgusting. So Alexander Ovechkin is also going to take home my play of the episode. That is, however, going to do it for this episode of the Rig Rats podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Um, hopefully the Oilers are able to do a little bit better in the next battle of Alberta and in the two games versus Ottawa on Monday and Tuesday Um, be sure to subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts Spotify SoundCloud wherever you're you're listening to this podcast feel free to like subscribe share the podcast comment on it rate it it helps a great deal to get the word around and that sort of stuff so thank you so much Again, like I said earlier in the episode, subscribe to this podcast on Twitter as well at the Rig underscore Rats on Twitter, as well as the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at the Hockey Pod Net. So again, thank you so much for listening. Um, if any of my predictions go correctly, you will hear us talk about them in the next episode that will come out this week.
0: And let's go Oilers! <laughs>